Hello, and welcome back to the Plan A podcast, a podcast about choosing independent parenthood as your plan A. I am your host, Aiden. I'm very excited for this week's episode. We are going to be having a conversation with uh, my little sister, Natalie, and her fiance, Brian. I was originally intending to make this episode a combination of conversations with my friends and family to sort of talk through different perspectives, um, outside perspectives on what they thought when I told them I was going to become a parent this way, um, to hopefully alleviate some fears that people might have about telling their friends and family, um, give them an idea of what to expect, what um, concerns to expect. At the end of the day, these conversations were so interesting on their own and they were all so different that I I felt like each one should probably have its own episode. So instead, I'm going to sort of scatter them throughout this podcast season. Um, Some of them are longer, some are shorter, but I think they all kind of deserve their own place. So with that being said, this week's episode... Is, uh, is with Natalie and Brian. I'm very excited for you to hear it. We go into a wide uh, array of topics. Um, I will give a couple disclaimers. Firstly, there's a little bit of foul language in this podcast. Uh, we're all very comfortable with each other, so it just kind of slipped out. I'm sorry uh, if that offends you. <laughs> um, there's uh, also you're also going to hear my dog a little bit in the background uh, towards the end. And for, for some reason, there's two parts that are a bit echoey. I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, you know, I'm not a, a professional podcaster, so sound mixing is not my forte. So I apologize for those little bits. But without further ado, here is Natalie and Brian. All right. Natalie and Brian, welcome to the Plan A podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for having us. Good to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Do you want to uh, briefly tell the listeners like who the fuck you are and (laughs) why why I begged you to be on this podcast? That's that's a... That could be a really long-winded answer. I mean, yeah, that could be like a whole podcast in itself. Maybe just the Cliff Notes version. So I will... um, my name is Natalie. I grew up with Aiden. And when I say- My grew- little sister. Yeah, I was going to say when I grew up with Aiden, I mean, and this is probably not a good thing to include in your podcast, but you dropped me on my head when I was a baby. <laughs> I like, promise I've gotten better with holding babies since the then. You were two or three years old at the time, so we can- uh, we can to get be her. fair, she bit me first, and then so she started the aggression. I did, I did. You were just in defense. Um, <laughs> but, uh, so we have known each other quite a bit. I think our if we ever discuss sort of the community we grew up in, it was very much a community about four to six families that we were we were very much in, and we have stayed close. And when I say close, I mean we have stayed sisters and gone through different iterations of life together since then. Um, and then who is Brian? <laughs> I mean, Brian is kind of an enigma. Yeah. I don't know if we want to like. I, I'm I'm Brian from Warren County, Iowa. <laughs> I, I, don't, I don't know why I'm here. <laughs> 
I'm here under he's here under duress. Under or duress. How, or how I we got offered him alcohol. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Somehow Aiden and I uh, have more in common than Aiden and Natalie. So. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, Brian has been in our lives since what six seven years ago. What right. I don't know. We don't know. It feels longer. It but... feels longer. Brian. Brian is the uh, the third sister in this little triangle we got going on. Yeah. Brian and Natalie are engaged. They are. <laughs> That's right. Mainly because Brian got tricked into living with Natalie and then slowly Stockholm syndromed into a yeah, continued syndrome. relationship. Stockholm syndrome is a real thing. It's a proven thing. And, you know, I think we, yeah. I'm not pushing back on any of this right now. Brian's pretty tired. Yeah. <laughs> Brian's had a big week. Brian's had a big life. Brian's had had a big six or seven years. Uh, (laughs) But he is very much a part of this trio we got going on. Yeah. Great. Very much so. Very much so. Part of the fam. Part of the big weird fam. Mm -hmm. Part of the twisty fam. (laughs) The inner circle. So big reason why, I mean, you guys are hopefully going to be continuing features on the podcast since you're continuing features in my life. (laughs) Um, But I specifically wanted to have you guys on today to kind of talk through. I think a lot of people who are considering doing what I'm about to do get a little freaked out to tell their friends and family that they've decided to do this and get a little scared for what the reaction is going to be. I thought we could kind of have you guys on. I could have you guys on to talk about a little bit about that and talk about what your reactions were when I told you this, what your like actual thoughts and feelings are, and then maybe like advice for Mm -hmm. other people if if they're worried about this um, to give listeners a bit of background as well. Natalie and I obviously come from like a very similar Mm-hmm. upbringing. Brian comes from a very different upbringing. Um, so he kind of can maybe give a bit more flavor as well. Brian was raised a little bit more religious than Nat and I were. So he's got some more of that context. And I'm sure that might be a fear for for some people listening. So okay. anyway, that being said, I'll turn it over to you guys if you guys want to just chat through what your thoughts and thoughts are. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, it's we were just discussing this. It's been pretty straightforward. I think there, when the, you know, when you approached this conversation, I think it was twofold. There was sort of the conversation that you were having in terms of by doing this, what, you know, what were your thoughts are in a grander scale about doing this, not necessarily about yourself. And the grander scale of things was that you're ready to, ha- you're ready to be a mom. You don't want to wait six to nine years <laughs> when we're all like, okay, she can do this. You know, society tells us she can do this on her own. Yeah. And she's got no other choice now. So no she might as well try. And but at the, and then at the same, you know, so it's like, and then at the same time, it's like, it seems you're just ready to be a mom. That's kind of how we, I always interpreted it. And so it was like, that was what socially is one, you know, the socially it's what it's one thing. And then that never really crossed my mind. That was always a very clear cut, like, no, you're just ready to be a mom. You should be a mom. That's always been pretty clear cut to me. For me, I think the greatest 
where I jump to, if we're going to even talk about concerns, but where I talk, jump to with concerns is you doing it. It's just you doing it by yourself. Yeah. It's the logistics of it. It's the logistics of it. And it's not necessarily, because here's the thing is that you and I, and I don't know how much at this point you would have, you know, you'll have disclosed, but we grew up in a community setting. Um, Obviously I had a very, me personally had a very kind of like traditional nuclear family Mm -hmm. at the same time. My upbringing was very communal and it continued that way, even with boarding school, because some yeah. of the most pivotal adults in my life or the pivotal lessons were from my teachers. So I feel like I have been raised, even though obviously, you know, I have my, my parents. Yeah. You have two parents. They're still married. They're yeah. still married. I have been raised by a community. And I feel like I can really, that's something I'm very acutely aware of. And so I think that that was never going to be, that was never my concern was that like. Yeah. My kid's going to have a whole bunch of people. Exactly. To help me raise it, raise him or her or them in various ways. And, and also too, you know how to build that because you were a part of that and we were a part of that and we're still like in each other's life. And that was always going to be a priority. It was going to be just, you know, the personal day-to-day logistics for you. That was always my concern. And the thing too, though, is that, we talked about that. We talked about the logistics. And we also, I think too, like neither of us are parents currently. Sure. (laughs) I don't know what to expect for you, for me, for what, you know, for anybody out there. I don't think any parent really does. No, exactly. So it's like, I can't really make an assumption one way or another. All I can say is like, you know, if my personal belief is you're, if you are going to have a child, if you're going to choose to have a child to do it thoughtfully and mindfully, and that's what immediately you proved that you were going to be doing. I mean, obviously this podcast is like indicative of that. <laughs> yeah. I'm not just like, Oh, I think I'll go get pregnant today. <laughs> yeah, exactly. There wasn't, you know, there was a lot of thought and like, even like when you talked about the re you know, you've, we've had separate conversations where you talked about you know, things that you're going to do for raising your child in terms of, and what the research and the empirical data behind it. And like, yeah, it's a kid, you can't raise a kid based upon empirical data, but the fact that you are consciously going into, you know, with that in mind, I think is really telling to one, how lucky this kid is going to be, but two, how much you really care about this part of the process, because you know, you're going to be, you know, yeah, I'm it aware is. that it's not a, like this isn't the 50s. I don't have some like rosy idea of like, especially what with the, the first couple years yeah. of parenting, a young kid is going to be like. Well, um, and I think what's amazing about you and the amazing about the conversations we have had is that, yeah, you're obviously the first couple years were those are the what you immediately think of. But you've also thought through what then. 15 years are going to be like when they start asking questions, when they start, you know, I think you're very acutely aware of what it's like to be a child growing up with a lot of questions and with a lot, you know, and I think that makes, yeah. yeah. I think that comes from, I talked about this a little bit in an episode already, but, um, you know, that comes from my parents' accident and growing up with not really having a mom who was there, but I didn't know. Um, who wasn't able to be a mom to me and having a lot of questions about who she was and where I came from in that area. So I think in a lot of ways, I'm sort of uniquely qualified because I can anticipate. I know the questions that I asked, um, 
and the questions that I still have that I've not gotten answers to. And so I understand potentially what that is to, yeah. to be bringing a kid in with only one parent. I also know that like I was raised exceedingly well by yeah. a single parent um, and mainly because I think kids need more than two parents anyway. Like to your point, I was raised by a community. Um, I don't think I mentioned this earlier, but yeah, like when my parents' accident happened, like it was your family that immediately stepped up and snatch like literally snatched me <laughs> from, from where I was when that happened and made Becky sure that I was safe and taken care of and fed yummy pancakes and, and whatnot and you know I already know that I'm giving my child that because yes they're gonna have you and Brian they're gonna have Taylor and Scott they're Taylor gonna have the rest of my family yeah. so I think that yeah to say that you're uniquely qualified is kind of a good you know, it's an interesting way to put it because I know that as you alluded to. Not that to, someone that was raised by two parents couldn't do this. But. No, absolutely. Oh, but yeah. A hundred percent. No, no, no. Not, yeah, not saying that. Um, but you, you know, I think you're very well, as I said, like, as I said, and as you again alluded to, you, most likely your child's going to grow up with questions. And I think that you've been given, I think you what you've personally struggled with is that you've been given certain answers. You haven't been given full answers. I think some people want to create a rosy colored version for a child. And I understand that, but I think you're aware how that impacted you. Yeah. Whereas straight up truth would have versus straight up, been, just, uh, yeah, would have always been better. Truth. Exactly. Versus just giving kind of the straight up truth. And I think that's something, um, that will be, you know, it's just, it's going to be a part of the journey. I think that there's going to be a lot of variables, a part of the journey as there is with raising. Yeah. And but, I'm going to screw up this kid anyway. In oh, some we're all going to screw up. That's just part of, part of being yeah. a parent. Like, we're all going to screw this kid up. Undoubtedly. Undoubtedly. Yeah, but we have to keep therapists in business somehow. Yeah, but. exactly. <laughs> exactly. But I know, I guess so for me, I think that as I alluded to before, it was always the, the idea of you doing this was never, that was never really top of mind for me in terms of like, she's the way it was going, you know, the way you were going to be a mom and, and like the way it was going to go about that, that never mattered to me. So I don't yeah. know, you know, that's, I think one thing I do want to communicate for anybody nervous about telling, like that never really mattered. Like if you're ready to yeah. be a mom, be a mom. If you're ready and you're like, and you've got to, you know, you've yeah, got you can to raise a kid grow. in a safe way. Exactly. Be a mom. I think for me, it was just more so my personal attachment to you. And I think that through not too many conversations, to be quite frank, like just through a couple questions being answered, it wasn't, I, all my concerns really fell on the wayside. Yeah. Well, and I think that's the thing too, is a lot of people are worried they're going to get judged. But I no. think where a lot of fear or um, questioning might come from is actually just a place of love for that person. Yeah. People, society has trained us that there is sort of one way to do mm -hmm. this. And yes. people, your your friends and family might just be scared for you that you're doing it a different way and scared that you are going to be in pain or get hurt or <laughs> whatever it might be. And I think that's fair. Well, and, I, and I'm sure that people are scared that, I mean, anybody, 
thinking about being a parent, I hope there's a little self-doubt there because that means you're sure you're thinking through it. And so I'm sure like you're nervous that that self-doubt is going to get mirrored to you by someone that's close to you. And that's really hard to go through. But at the same time, to your point, that doubt doesn't necessarily mean, or that doubt, it's not doubt. It's more so just someone, someone who yeah, loves you. Fear, yeah. Yeah. It's just someone who loves you, wants you to live as happy and full of a life as possible. And so, you know, if you were to tell me I'm moving to Alaska, I'm going to ask questions. Not, <laughs> yeah. no. By the way, pro Alaska here, big fan of Alaska. But sure. And it's not like I haven't told you I'm moving to other random places. Yeah. Well, that's true. Like, if you're going to tell me that like, you know, you have this huge career change or you, you're just having this huge life change, like there's going to be questions. So why should you be fearful of anything different when you say, I'm going to be a mom, I'm planning to be a mom. Brian, so I mean, this is all coming from like our perspective where like we were raised in a certain environment with a certain belief system and whatnot. I've been watching your face and I'm just wondering like, it, it, what what are things are we not thinking of that that yes. people might have to deal with? Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't think it's necessarily... Um even a factor of like background or environment of upbringing as much as just like disposition and outlook, right? Like Natalie is tends to be kind of the bubbly optimist in life. And I tend to be like the hardcore <laughs> realist slash pessimist. Why and, you guys work well together. Yeah, right. We, we, I guess I, we like to think we balance each other out. Right. So, yeah. um, I tend to think in terms of like, what's the risk and what's the worst possible scenario. And I just also know, listen, like I had an aunt who was a single mom. Um, I just also know from like personal experience that not personal experience, but just growing up around friends and whatnot, that like parenting as a single mom or a single father is, is un undoubtedly harder. Like, sure. It helps to have a partner. Raising kids is hard. Yeah. No, many hands make little work. So um, anyone embarking on that journey, I would want to make sure that they're completely ready. Now, we're both like neither one of us is philosophically opposed to what you're what you're doing. We're supportive. Um, and I think you're you're ready, right? Like you have a good career. You're mature. I, you know, you're smart. I assume you're like thinking through all the iterations of what could go on. <laughs> um, oh yeah! Oh yeah! Planner, yeah. Right? Just, like I, you're not just winging this. People but... can't see this. I just winked at Aiden. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I my my dad is a lawyer. I was raised to like immediately have to think through all the potential arguments against <laughs> anything that I'm doing yeah. and have figured out ways to around them <laughs> yeah i've thought through all of the like so what if i die um what if i like you know all of these i have yeah all of that stuff that's the first question that comes to mind what if i die for yeah me? of course yeah. yeah so what if i um, die which is possible <laughs> adelie will take this on yeah no yeah, um, um yeah it's i think that's all just all the all the hard questions come to mind all the hard practical questions of like where do i want to raise this kid what school district what state you know <laughs> that type yeah. of stuff like what are my career prospects and um we trust that you're you're thinking about that and we're definitely supportive i think you're ready it's just um we know that it's a challenge right so yeah. we're here to support in whatever way we can but i think what's interesting and i agree with you i think that like i think we both said sort of iterations of the same thing is that we don't necessarily 
say it's a challenge when it's a couple just announcing that they're now pregnant versus somebody like versus Aiden, like going on this journey and going through all of the steps and doing all the research and thinking through everything. And I understand because she's, you know, she'll be doing this technically, you know, alone for the time being. Yeah. You have the ultimate responsibility for have this the ultimate, life. Yeah, that's a yeah. yeah. And it's just interest, you know, I guess, and I'm not pushing back on that by any means, but I think that it's interesting that we are so attuned, like we're so ready to accept a couple, even, you know, like any type of couple saying that they want to have a kid. I, I am not. But. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, okay, so maybe, so maybe I'm projecting. Maybe yeah, society, I'm maybe society. Maybe society, is, yeah. exactly. So when I say we, I think I'm trying to generalize more to society. But society is so much more, like, it doesn't, you know, I think we've, society has evolved and grown and become more progressive that it's almost like all you need is a second person. It doesn't matter if you're unmarried, doesn't matter if you're, you know, like, fortunately, like, now it doesn't matter if you're same sex. Like, it doesn't matter in all these, like, ways that, like, but you kind of like, it's like, I need another person. Yeah. I mean, obviously I think having another set of hands is always going to make yeah. pretty much any challenge in life easier. Yeah. I, I think what's interesting is the more I've like, more like anecdot- anecdotal stories I've read and the more I've sort of yeah. looked into it, this, the more I realize this is actually, I think, one of the most stable ways I can do, I could choose to have children because- a romantic relationship is not guaranteed. And most, yeah. I mean, this, I'm not saying this about you guys. Like there's a very, di- you guys have a very different kind of relationship than I think a lot of people <laughs> working on parenthood. Uh, it's definitely different. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, it's like for one, you guys have talked about this stuff yeah. before you you will decide to have a child. And I think a lot of couples, it's shocking to me how much people seem to not even talk about how they want to raise a kid until they already have a kid. And then they're shocked to find out that they have very different ideas. Or that it is hard, right? Yeah, or that it is hard, or they don't discuss properly like what each other's roles are going to be in the child rearing process. And I think there's a lot of women who, or women in particular, this is a generalization, who become like feel like they've got a partner and they're ready to go and they become a mother and a couple and then are sort of shocked that they're not getting a certain amount of support or a certain type of support. Yeah. Um, and then that also in a way makes it harder because they were going into it expecting one thing and now they have something else. And then, so there's an added emotional anxiety on top of the already like challenging job of having a child or, you know, God forbid your partner leaves or yeah. whatever it might be. There's all of these uncertainties anyway, even if you choose to do this as a couple. And I mean, there's just uncertainties in life regardless. You have yeah. to just accept that and do the best that you can. Absolutely. Um, but in a lot of ways, I feel like I'm going to be a lot more stable because I understand exactly what I'm getting into from the beginning. I understand what I need to do. I like what support I'm going to have, what support I'm not going to have, what I need to create for myself before this happens. And I'm not relying in that way on somebody else. And, and I think that's like, I think that's something that we have discussed, which is, you know, why, 
once again, I said that like it took one conversation, maybe two with you where I was, there was no doubt there in that way. I think my, you know, something I maybe didn't bring up earlier, I think honest, like a true fearful, not fearful, but thing for me, independent of just, you know, someone becoming a mom, there's a lot to take on is that, you know, I don't, is how it also factor into, and I don't know how much, like, actually, I don't know if we've talked about this yet, like, your, you know, potential for a romantic relationship in the future. And that's sure. something that like, I want you, it's not that I need, like, you I don't, don't need me to be in a relationship. No, but, one needs, yeah. the doesn't need to exist for someone to be happy. But at the same time, I would love for you to find that romantic relationship that can fulfill that part of the equation. Yeah. I don't know what your thoughts are on that. I, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, absolutely. I think we've explored. So, yeah. yeah, I don't think we've talked about that before, but yeah. basically my feeling is I think that there's actually, I gain a lot of power in sort of uncoupling the idea of a romantic partner for myself from the idea of a father for my child. Because when nice. I was younger, like I would date people and be in relationships with people that might be great for me. And I really like I had a great time with and, and loved. But when I thought about having a kid with them, it was a very like what I look what I would look for in someone to co-parent with me is not always exactly aligned with what would be the best for me in a romantic partnership. So if anything, I look at it as like I'm so much more free to find a romantic relationship. Mm-hmm. By having a child outside of that expectation, um, because anyone that comes into my life, obviously they're going to have to be part of my kid's life, and that's a factor. But I'm still going to get, I'm still going to have the ultimate say in how my child is raised and who influences my child and in what way. And I can focus more on finding someone who is a good partner for me in a different aspect of that, if that makes sense. No, yeah, it almost like concentrates or narrows the list of attributes <laughs> that you're looking for, right? Like- yeah, exactly. And I don't have to, um, you know, there is as much as it sort of sucks that this is the case. It's just the reality. There is only a window of time in which a woman can become a biological mother. Well, that's like, um, that's, that's like, yeah, yeah it's changing and changing as science gets better, but that is the current reality of it. And so right now, if I was actively, I mean, I don't really want to be in a relationship currently right now anyway, but if I what if I was thinking about becoming a parent traditionally and that was the only way that I was wanting to do this, I don't think I would be picking the right people. You know, it would be going through trying to like rush a relationship to get to someone who is willing to like father a child for me. And that's, I don't think that's good. (laughs) No, I agree. But it's it's a very, it's out there and it's a very common. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's super common. common. Right. Like for a lot of women in their thirties. Well, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a thing where it's like. Women in their 20s, even. Yeah, like, yeah. I mean, well, honestly, to be quite frank, I mean, my mom had me when she was- Women in their teens, even. We will cut that out. (laughs) No, but it's like my mom had me when she was 39. 
Like we know that like you can yeah, go. Yeah, my mom had me when she was 39. We know it's possible. We know it's possible. But at the same time, like it is, it's the elephant in the room that women do have a biological window where you're going to be more, you know, more likely to be able to have a child. And it's. And a healthy child. And a yeah. healthy child. Exactly. And so it's just like that early, that late. 20s early 30s corridor really is that and so for someone to potentially and by the way it's very normal and it's like for a young woman to be like 32 and not have found someone and the worst thing that you can imagine is that someone just dives in with a relationship solely because they know that the guy is ready to have a kid and that's what they want they want to have a child that's yeah terrifying in terms to me that is so much worse absolutely for me personally that is a worse scenario for me than anything else like i would so much rather do this this way and and then like force myself to be in a relationship that's not perfect for me like i very much believe in love i very much believe in finding the right person um, you know, I think my parents had that. I think mm -hmm. you guys have that. I think Taylor and Scott has that. Yeah. And like you find the right person and it's not just about like pulling each other's clothes off or whatever, but it's about finding like a life partner, you know, and I'm still a hundred percent convinced that I will have that. It's just, I don't think that those two have to go I'm together on the same timeline for me. I'm still super open for that happening, but I, that's not the, a relationship that I want right now, but I do want to be a parent. Yes. Well, and that's, and that's what it fundamentally comes down to is that yeah. you want to be a parent. You're in a place to provide for your child in a, in, in, to a certain standard that you want to provide for your child and that you, you know. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm not worried about feeding my kids. I'm not worried about housing them. Yeah. I'm lucky, very lucky to be in a place in my career where I have success and stability and I feel comfortable raising a kid. I mean, I don't, I don't think that parenting has to be as expensive as like a lot of people fear, but, uh, or maybe as how you and I were raised, <laughs> but, but I do have Take ideas. Sip a wine to that. Yeah. <laughs> Oh yeah, for listeners who can't you can't see us, we are all drinking and have been drinking for a minute. But oh yeah, so it's it's you know nobody's pregnant on. yet. It's fine. No so. one's pregnant yet. No one's pregnant yet, and we uh, this is our first sixty minutes, so we're we're trying to you know yeah. give an unfiltered response. <laughs> so yeah, I think it's just um, I but yeah. That being said, I do know how. I want to raise my kids. I know how I want to educate them. I've got an idea of how much that will cost me mm -hmm. um, and where I need to be and what I need to do in order to do that. And I have, I'm pretty much there, if not all the way there. So, yeah. 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 And, and what what's wild about this is like, that's where this becomes almost like an uncomfortable, like socioeconomic conversation. And yeah. that, I mean, frankly, and you can cut this if you want, but no. yeah, if you, I mean, if you were in a different place or even had a different profession, um, we would probably raise more I mean, concerns. I, like we might have different concerns about this, right? Oh, hundred percent. And I might not feel comfortable doing it. You know, totally. like I, I, again, like I waited 
a whole year after I sort of decided I wanted to do this before I was actually actively starting to do things for that reason, because I was waiting to get to a different economic place. And that is a whole different thing. And I don't know if that's just because I have a very specific idea of how I want to raise my kids. And I have a very specific idea of what help I'm going to have to like pay for versus right. um, versus getting and um, for free. But it, yeah, it is that you're right, Brian. I think there is like a weird, uncomfortable socioeconomic bit that goes to that. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And, and and that's not to say it needs to be a source of guilt or anything. No, I mean, but even it just, just it like should, it should be acknowledged, right? Yeah. I mean, even just the fact of like <laughs> buying sperm, like buying sperm from a sperm bank, you need um you need on average four what's called straws to um before for every like per actual pregnancy. And each straw is around eight hundred dollars. Yeah. And if your insurance doesn't cover that, you're down 3200 that, That's bunking cheap. <laughs> <laughs> that's an yeah. expensive first date. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's, it's uh, no, and no, that's a really, it isn't, a, yeah, it's a very important and interesting point to bring up. And I think that, once again, to Brian's point, if that was something that we were, if we didn't, like, once again, we know the standard, you probably want to raise your child. It's not an absurd standard. It's nothing like, yeah. You know, but it's, it's a factor that you have to take into consideration. If you're going to single-handedly know that you're going to be the primary caregiver for a child, then you have to be ready for all, you know, you have to do the math. Yeah. Well, and it's not even just like, I mean, like, obviously for for me or obviously based mm-hmm. on all, like, all of us, I think are under agreement that the most important thing to me with when considering child rearing is their education. Yeah. Um, and <laughs> so we're all, like, not. Adjust- yeah. And unfortunately, <laughs> I don't trust. Yeah, yeah. And unfortunately, I, I, I don't I trust would, most public education in this probably country. Probably put nutrition slightly before education. Like, sure. Food, yeah, food yeah, yeah, yeah. Basic yeah. housing and yeah, well, nutrition. That's like, yeah, like, well, like the, that stuff is not actually that expensive. Yeah. <laughs> it's not that much of a of an increase to what I have to pay for my own nutrition and housing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, their, their education is going to be like one of the most expensive things in raising them. So that's a big consideration. Um, but then it's also thinking through like, I have to be, I have to take care of myself mentally in order to do mm-hmm. this properly. And that means that I'm going to have to pay for certain things. Like I'm going to, I'm preparing, I'll pay for a night nurse when I, for the first couple months um, so that I can actually sleep because I know myself. And when I get don't get enough sleep, I become physically sick <laughs> and, and just cannot do things like basic things for myself, let alone for another child or for somebody else. Um, you know, I'm going to most likely have a caregiver uh, for the first few years, at least until they're in school after a night nurse. So again, like all of those things are things I have to factor in. Not that you can't figure out a way to do it without those things, but personally, I know that that will make it a lot easier on me mentally, which will free up more hard drive to to parent the way that I want to, to be engaged yeah. with my kid the way that I want to. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, that took 
I'm lucky that I was pretty much almost there by the time I decided or like realized I was ready for kids and wanted kids. Um, but even then I still waited another year to kind of get to the next tier of my career. Oh, that was way too rhymey. <laughs> <laughs> Of my career. The tier of my the career. The of my career. Uh, the knob of my job, <laughs> of my job yeah. is fine. <laughs> <laughs> Any others? I'm, I'm spent. But oh, no, man. I mean, I think that, yeah, those are the hard realities. I mean, the fact is, like, the first six to 12 months of this baby's life, like, you're not going to be able to sleep that much unless you yeah. have some right and then even with couples like they this is something that couples constantly argue with and i see it with coworkers. we see it with our you know like siblings yeah. not, not, our siblings not, yeah not that our, our siblings are in constant turmoil but like they yeah. all talk no, about no. how any you, parent any you parent, lose yeah. sleep and you have those nights where it's like well you know i have to be up early for a meeting or this or that so you take the kid at 4 a.m when they like yeah. that's without a doubt that's going to be an issue so um, it ha it's something you have to factor in if you're a single parent, right? Yeah, a thousand percent. Because I'm not going to have the other the other person in the bed. Charlie, just actually just have Charlie take it at four a.m. Yeah, Charlie, you take him. Yeah. Were there any like I guess before you reach out and kind of announce it? What was your biggest trepidation with telling us about it? Because mm, yeah. you said there wasn't too much, but I'm sure there was at least one, you know. Sure. I mean, I think like with and I think like, again, my dad kind of trained me to like <laughs> just anticipate people to try and poke holes into like anything that I'm deciding to do, which overall I think is like a really great thing to have learned because it means that you really have to think through big decisions before you make them, which is good. And my instinct is to be impetuous. So having that counterbalance in my brain is good. But I think my biggest fear was just like, honestly, my biggest fear, if I'm being fully honest with myself, with telling anyone about this is that I really pride myself on being self-sufficient and not like, I'll ask for help if I really need it, but mm -hmm. I don't like to ask for help. And I think my biggest fear was that in telling, like, especially you guys and Taylor and Scott, yeah. that you would think that the implication was that I was going to, like, I'm okay with this because I have you guys and you're going to have, I'm now making, I'm now, like, saying that you need to do certain things for me. And I never want that to, be like, obviously want you always to be a part of my life. And that means a part of my kids' lives. And I want to be a part of your kids' lives and raise them the way that we were raised. But I don't ever want that to feel like it's a burden for and like my decisions are a burden yes. for anybody else. So I think my biggest fear was was having people think that I was basically announcing this as like a, and now you're going to have to do some shit for me. <laughs> I have I registered for this thing called so life. I'm, and get, yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm ready for this and I hope you are too. <laughs> yeah. So like, and I, yeah, exactly. And for, for uh, listeners that didn't hear the first part of our conversation before we started recording, I just told Natalie and Brian that I'm probably going to move very close to them. So again, I hope you know that that's not me being like, hey, like free childcare. <laughs> yeah, Rhode Island's a really beautiful state. And it's come, more come, just, come. yeah. <laughs> 
but nobody I, else move in because it's more like, you made me fall in love with Rhode secret. Island when it's I visited. A, it's a well kept secret. Yeah, I, I would say it's also useful context to, to point out that like between the two of us, we have thirteen nieces and nephews yes. at this point. So yeah. we're, not, we're not unfamiliar with children, you know, close to us who are not ours. Yeah, um, we love our nieces and nephews. We're all about it, um, and and we're we're excited for you and, and ready to support it. But I, yeah, I think we're. We have like a very realistic picture of what it entails, but we also see all the, uh, you know, the joy that it brings our siblings and stuff too. So. Well, and I, and I also think that we know Aiden, like that's, that's the thing that I think if you have trepidation when telling somebody, if somebody really knows you and knows your heart, knows your mind, knows your intention, all they want to do is just probably talk through it a little bit, which is, I think a fair ask of somebody. Yeah. And then I think that if you have thought through it to a certain extent, then I think it's not going to be a hard conversation, to be quite frank. Like, yeah, 100%. And, like, I'm going to talk about this more in depth in a different episode. But, you know, like, the the one person I was the most nervous to tell was my father. <laughs> he has very strong opinions. and And, you know, to be perfectly frank, his first – reaction to me was, Aiden, I think this is the biggest mistake you're ever going to make. And, but you work through that. We talked it through. Why do you think this is a big mistake? And most of it is all things about protection. All like practical fears. Yeah. And then also just, he doesn't want me to have a hard life, you know? He loves me and he wants me to have support. He wants me to have the things that he didn't get to have. And at the end of the day, it's your life. His la- the last thing he said yes. was, you know, first thing he said was, I think this is the biggest mistake of your life. Last thing he said was, well, look, you're going to do what you're going to do. And <laughs> regardless of my opinion, you know that I'm going to love you and support you through anything. And I'm going to love and support any child that you bring into this world. Yeah. yeah. And I think ultimately that's what everybody has to know, right? Like people might yes. have fears, they might have concerns for you, they might have strong opinions that sting a little bit, but if yeah. they love you, they're gonna support you. Yeah. Yeah, right? no, I was just about to say, I mean, I think we can all understand Tark's response to his father. He's gonna be protective, right? Yeah. He, he always has your best interests at heart. Um we all know and, and respect and love Tark very much, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, but I I uh I think at, at the end of the day, it's 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 your choice, and his uh, his perspective may change, you know, when when the child shows up. So, <laughs> yeah, again, I mean, we, we know him. He's going to be very thrilled with any grandchild he gets. Do we, do we know? So, I don't know if you mentioned this already. Your brother is currently your yeah. brother and his wife are currently my, pregnant. My brother is currently two months away. From mm-hmm. from having the first grandchild, do we in know the family. what Tark does. Tark know what he's going to be called as a grandfather. So he's still deciding. I think. Okay. My grandfather, his dad was called Dada, which is like the Indian name. Mm-hmm. I don't. I think he doesn't want that, but he doesn't want to be called Grandpa. Yeah. So I don't know. I think he's still deciding. Okay. My mom has decided she wants the very warm name of grandmother. I love it. <laughs> so cool. I love it. <laughs> She's like, to the point, definitely. Yeah, I am the grandmother, so they will call me grandmother. I love Listeners, it. Listeners, Natalie's mom is called uh, Nana Bear. Nat, you want to say? 
Yeah, my my mother is called Nana Bear. Nana Bear. Nana Bear, um, because my mother is a nature photographer, or like as a passion of hers, she's a nature photographer. She's she also an incredible nature photographer. <laughs> she also has a particular fascination with bears, and so I think she used to kind of joke that she was Mama Bear, but obviously she's mom. And so I think when the grandchildren came came about, she took advantage and decided to make her own spin on grandma and mama bear and combine the two to be Nana Bear. Nana Bear. And it's and it's pretty it's pretty cute. legit. I don't know any other grandma called Nana Bear. And it's pretty cute when a five year five year old Cecily calls her Nana Bear. <laughs> but pretty adorable. Pretty adorable. Awesome. Um, well, Natalie and Brian, thank you for joining the Plan A podcast. Thank you for I'm having me. I'm going to stop recording now so we can just drink. Thank goodness. <laughs> Works for me. I hope that you guys enjoyed that conversation. I know I had a blast recording it. Um, it's never, never a bad thing to have an excuse to talk with two of my favorite people. So just wanted to say thank you again to Natalie and Brian so much for being willing to not only be a part of this podcast, but a part of my life. I'm incredibly lucky to have them. Also wanted to give another huge thanks again to my darling friend, Patrick, who made the podcast theme for this. I love it. I can't get the bop out of my head. So thanks so much. I hope that you guys enjoyed the episode and keep your eye out for a new episode next week. Hope you have a great one.